Let's open up in prayer. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this youth conference that you have uh, blessed the youth with and blessed uh, those who are able to uh, be involved in any capacity. And, uh, and Lord, it's, uh, it's awesome to see um, how you work in all sorts of different ways. And uh, Lord, there was a lot of work that went into this weekend uh, from, the, um, from the people with the music to uh, preparing food to uh, being a billet, to uh, the parents and the youth coming. And, and Lord, we just thank you for, for everyone. And Lord, we just pray a blessing upon everyone. And Lord, we just pray that the messages that Andrew has already spoken that will just uh, reside deep in the hearts of those who heard it. And Lord, I just pray the same for this message this morning, that it's yours and that it will carry with um, everyone here uh, for a lot longer than this half an hour. Um, amen. Okay, so do you ever feel like you're getting set up? Well, I felt like I got set up this morning. Father-in-law asked me to speak on purity. I'm like, ooh, it's like, is, what's the message there? Is he trying to get some d- dirt on me? What's going on here? But uh, you know what? It's uh, that's okay. We'll just, uh, but uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, okay, so the theme verse for this weekend was, uh, as uh, hopefully all the youth know. And remember, was uh, four, Timothy, First Timothy 4.12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. I, uh, I trust that Andrew did a really good job uh, covering uh, in, in conduct, in speech, in love, and in faith. And like I mentioned this morning, I was uh, charged with impurity. The... Uh, um, but you know what? Like, you can't speak on just the second half of the verse. So I'm sorry if there's a a, a little bit of an over <coughs> um, a do-over for those who have been over at the weekend. But you know, I want to cover a bit. Like, what does the first half speak on? Let's get everything in context here this morning. It's um, that's quite important. Um, so, as Andrew mentioned on Friday night, Timothy was Paul's young worker that he sent into Ephesus. And when Timothy uh, received these letters, it was for his work that he was going forth to do in Ephesus. And the, um, Timothy was charged with a really, really big task. He had to confront false teaching in Ephesus. And, uh, you know, that's not fun for anybody. That's, that's a hard thing to do. And, uh, just, and especially when you, uh, as the verse states that, Paul's warning or message to Timothy was, you know what, don't let anyone despise you because of your youth. I'm not sure the exact age of Timothy at the time. Um, But I do know uh, how hard it is uh, to give any sort of a message to people who are older than you. That's hard. And you know what, it's it's hard for both sides of the coin. It's hard for people who are older to receive a message from people who are younger and it's really intimidating for those who are young to give that message to those who are older. And that's, um, you know, but Paul was confident in Timothy. And if you look in Philippians 2, 20 to 23, it says, For I have no one like him, this is speaking of Timothy, who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Um, for they all seek their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. 
but you know Timothy, a proven worth. Uh, how a son with a father has served me uh, in the gospel. That's high praise. So he had complete confidence in Timothy, but he still recognized the problem of his what the youth aspect of him could do and how that could intimidate him going forward to bring forward the, uh, the messages uh, that he had to bring. And uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's funny how relative age is. It's um, that it's, you know, I know that there's some people here today who still consider me young. I have uh, been married for six years and I have two children and I'm 29. That is young in, in uh, comparison to, to some, but it's all relative, right? It's, it's all relative, you know. Uh, to me, I am, I, you know, I am old compared to my kids. But how blessed I am when I get to learn from them. My son, Timothy, Catches me every time I mess up. It's just like, holy Mac! I didn't even know you were in the room. It's like, it's like, how did this happen? He's like, you know, I, I say, uh, you know, I say, like, you know, the the S word, uh, the stupid word. Not to I clarify that, so it's, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And it's like, the alarms go off, the bell is like, Dad, Dad, you can't say that. You know, and that's good. You know, so. So I have to humble myself to take a lesson from my five-year-old son. And I think that the people in Ephesus probably had to humble themselves to accept and hear what Timothy had to say. Because, I, you know, um, I'm sure that they put stock into what the, the people ahead of Timothy getting there were preaching and teaching. And the people in Ephesus who were currently teaching what they were teaching. I'm sure that he had some barriers to break down. You know, and, and he needed a lot of strength and he needed a lot of encouragement. And that's Paul's letter was uh, an encouragement to him, and especially in this verse. Um, but, you know, like I said, kind of alluded to, the, the warning goes out to both sides. You know, youth who are here, seek out wisdom from those who are older than you. Now, this may sound harsh, but not everyone who is older than you is necessarily wise. That's, you know, that's just reality. And, you know what, and, but seek it out. You know, find those who are, who are wise in certain areas. And some people have wisdom in one area, but not necessarily somewhere else. So, it's not an, an all-encompassing thing. Find one person and they, they'll guide you through everything in life. God has given us all backgrounds. We've all been exposed to different things. And he can work in all of that. You know, so, um, but we, we need to find these people. We need to find the resources and, and to tap into that. And so that's youth. That's your responsibility. You need to, you know, if, uh, if you don't want to be despised for your youth, that's one way to not be despised. Humble yourselves, don't be prideful, and find people who can guide you in life. And get someone to walk along you. And find a mentor and hopefully that the, the adults will identify youth that they want to mentor and work with and see 
the gifts and grow the potential that's in them. And it's a two-sided street. It's all got to work together. And, you know, and, um, but yeah, like I mentioned before, it takes, you know, if, uh, it, for adults, it takes a certain humbleness to learn from somebody younger. And I pray that God will be able to work in all of us in that way. Um, So, like I mentioned, Timothy, he was charged with going to Ephesus. And I'd like to take a quick look at some other people who were young, who had some, uh, some big tasks ahead of them. If we look at Jeremiah, the prophet, uh, in, he was still living at home when he was called to be a prophet. That's, you know, so that indicates his age right there, you know, and, uh, he, you know, and he's a prophet of the Lord. And he's asking mom, what's for supper? You know, it's that's, you know, so that must have been a challenge for him too. you know, to to go out there. Um, you look at, uh, you know, the, the mission that he had to do. He had to oppose kings. He had to oppose a whole people in Judah at times to, to correct them. And, you know, that's that's not that's not easy for any age. And you look at Jesus. How old was Jesus? You know, uh, it's a little unclear as to when he died. Most people believe he was 33 years old. Some, there's a theory that he was 30, but it doesn't really matter. Like, 33 or 30, he died when he was young. His mission was handled when he was young. There was probably a lot of old scholars and scribes and different people of, you know, older generation, uh, you know, regular everyday Jews, who he was speaking to and correcting and, and all this stuff. And that's a challenge. And, you know what, like, just like in everything, Jesus has already been there. You know, so if you're struggling with this, any of the youth here or anybody, you know, talk to Jesus. You know, make that a daily priority for you to, to, to learn. You know, he's been there. Um, you know, and, um, you know, if, if, if people get hung up on age, well, I... It means nothing to God. You look at, uh, you know, if God can use Balaam's donkey to, to turn around and saying, why are you striking me to Balaam? Because he was trying to stop him from getting uh, having a confrontation with the angel. You know, he can use you. So that's just an encouragement. You know, no, you know, no, if he can use that donkey, he can use anyone here. And everyone here has a mission. Everyone here has a purpose. And we will discuss that more as we go along. So, what was Paul's solution for uh, Timothy being young? His, the potential for him to be looked down upon is very clear. It says, be an example in conduct and faith and purity and love. That wasn't the right order, but that's okay. And the, that is, you know, what does that mean? It means don't give the critics an inch. You give them an inch, your witness is destroyed wherever you are witnessing in and as far as the gossip spreads. You know, so so don't give an inch. That's that's what I get from it. You know, that it's it's you're saying you know you're under scrutiny already because your age, you know, so so don't give an inch, but set that example. And uh it's um you know I just want to say that it's it doesn't mean perfection, folks. It means 
the process of sanctification. And it means that you are on a, on a journey. And people can see the difference that when you are going on this sanctification journey and you are trying and you are working and you can see that process in somebody and that they're not living on their own set of rules, that shows up. And, you know, so I just, yeah, like it's all about the sanctification journey and the purification that Christ gives us. And uh, he is in you. He lives in, if you are a Christian today, it is, he does live inside of you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Realize that, study that, see what that means, and it will help you to go forward in strength. Um, Time is already flying by. That's crazy. Um, I can't remember how many years ago. I think it was about six years ago. I watched an amazing study. I think it was a five-point study uh, from Andy Stanley. And it was called The Best Question Ever. So I don't want to say everything that I just said and leave you with no solutions, really, on how to, how to you know, get to that place. Of sanctification and purification. But if you watch this video, the main premise of the video was, you know, obviously, what is the best question ever? And the question was, what is the wise thing to do? How happy was God with Solomon when God was going to give Solomon anything he wanted? He said, I want wisdom. He was so happy. So ask God for wisdom, he will give it to you. And wisdom will guide you. If you and with, with the context of purity today, you know, if you see that you are on a journey, you know, that you want to go somewhere, it's best that you plan your steps out. You, and then you will be able to make wise choices. If you have no idea where you want to go, you are going to swerve every which way and you will make a lot of mistakes. But if you know where you want to go, those who are not married here today, do you want your spouse to be pure? Is sexually, is that something that you want? I'm sure it is. Nobody wants to get somebody's leftovers or you know something that's you know been through you know the ringer. That's not you know basically what people want. You know if you want to be pure yourself, that person who you're going to marry, they're going to want a pure person too. So if you say that's what I want, I want someone who is pure, so that our wedding day is you know, special, it's just bond between us and no baggage coming along. Don't bring your own baggage. So that's the wisdom. So you'd have to say, if I want someone pure, I need to make the right decisions today, guide through wisdom to see how to navigate that. So it's uh, that's important to, to understand where you're going and what you want to do. If you want, and with the context of Timothy, to be an example in purity, it's um, um, because in in his context, sorry, it's in the church, in the church setting, that he wanted to be that example in the church. He needed to be that example. He was sent there to be that example. So he had to, he had to probably constantly use the wisdom because the Bible's clear. The qualifications to serve in the church. If you are in sexual sin, 
disqualified. So anyone here today, if you want, if that's what you want to do, if you want to be a servant in the church, deacon or elder, and I, I extend it to to any position, really, but the Bible speaks on elders and deacons. But, you know, I, I don't think you can serve in the church if you're in sexual sin. There, or, you know, and there's, you know, more like on that, the list of the qualifications. Um, but we're just talking about the purity today, so I'll stick on that. But it's important. So in that context, if that's, if that's part of what, where you want to be, if you see yourself that you want to serve in the church, which is, you know, my hope, my prayer that, you know, everyone here does in some aspect. We are meant to, to be part of the body, to, to work uh, in any capacity. And, uh, you know, so, so make that important and, you know, understand where you want to go. And, uh, you know, I could obviously list off a lot of, you know, sins and stuff like that. But you, if you are a Christian today or if you're not a Christian, you know where, what I'm talking about. You know what is right, you know what is wrong. And in wisdom also states, and this was one of Andy Stanley's points, is that if you know where the line is, don't stand on the edge of the cliff. You're asking for it. You know, step back. You know, put up a guardrail, watch all the others going over. You know, it's, that's, you know, uh, you need to protect yourself. Um, so, if you want to, if you have your Bibles today, you want to turn to First Thessalonians four one to eight. It says, "Finally, then, brothers, we ask and urge you, in the Lord Jesus, that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus." For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That's important. Your sanctification. And that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his or his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion and lust like the Gentiles. I'm going to skip ahead to uh, verse 7. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. And uh, if you want to flip to Colossians 3, 1 to 11. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, I don't know if you noticed the pattern, and there is a pattern that I've noticed, is that when there's a list of the sins, sexual immorality seems to be listed first. Why is that? 
you know, God has made and called us that we are His holy temples. We we are hurting that temple, and also that um, you know, it, it, I lost my verse right now. But it's that when you sin in other ways, you're just you're sinning, and it's bad. It's wrong. But when you sin sexually, you're sinning against your own body. And that's a, that's important. And those things, uh, and you sin, it hurts you emotionally. It can care, it can hurt you physically. You can carry some nasty things with you. And, you know, it can hurt you in all sorts of ways. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot to avoid with that. And, uh, I have to move on. For myself, um, obviously, you know, I have a past. I got saved late, later in life as uh, compared to some people, for sure. And, you know, this is a warning for the youth. There's, learn from experience of others. That's what I was kind of alluding to earlier. Andrew shared his struggles. You know, I've had my own struggles. Um, one of them being... Um, you know, I grew up and I was as clean as can be in vocabulary and everything. And then I made wrong choices. I decided to hang around with some, some guys. And then those guys led me to other guys. And, they, and you know, we were, I was exposed to uh, all sorts of bad language, bad attitudes, um, bad music. And before I knew it, I was swearing like a mechanic. And I can say that because I am a mechanic. So I'm not insulting anyone but myself. But it's, um, but you know what? Like, it's, it's these choices that you, that you make and that the wisdom needs to be applied. If I could go back and if I was a Christian before the exposure and I had armed with the knowledge that I have now, I got to believe I would have made better choices. And I'm praying for you guys that you'll make better choices than I made. Because it hurts you. It hurts. I, I think I'm going to be carrying my struggles for the rest of my life. I honestly believe that. That once you're exposed to certain things, and it is really hard to break away from that. If I get tired, frustrated, you name it, even if it doesn't come out verbally, the sins pop into my head. The, the, the language especially. And thank goodness the filters work most of the time. You know, and I'm you know, constantly praying to God to help me to, for those filters to work all the time. But you know, when do you sin the most? When you're tired, you're frustrated, you're, you're out of sorts, you, you run into problems, or, or with sexual sins... If you're alone too much, the access is is it's everywhere. You, know, you before you had to really, you know, go out of your home and, and find it somewhere. Now it's it's on your cell phones even. Like, you know, everyone's got these smartphones that I'm not really sure how smart they are because it just it just brings you to all sorts of you know access to things at your fingertips. Well, there's access to things that you don't want access to. And you're exposed all the time. And 
It's important, folks. You know, and this is a message. There's probably adults who still struggle with some of these things, too. It's if you get exposed. It's much harder to turn back. So, you, you know, youth, if you have not been so blessed as to have not been exposed to to the, the type of language I'm talking about yet, uh, to sexual, uh, you know, pornography, to different things. Do yourself a favor and flee. Flee from the temptation. And it's, uh, it is the best defense. You know, uh, I'm a mechanic and I believe in, you know, preventative maintenance. That's my job. You know, guys like Carmen, he likes to break them. And, and, and that makes my job harder. But it also gives me job security. So thank you, Carmen. I will never be without a job as long as you are on the road. It's, but you, you know, the preventative maintenance in our, in our spiritual lives is way more important than it's preventative maintenance on a bus. That's, that's huge. You know, I can put in, you know, a bus can come in, I can put in six hours of preventative maintenance on a bus, you know, uh, in a day and sometimes totally forget to do any preventative maintenance on myself for the Lord. And that's, that's terrible. And I, that's something I need to work on and, and work with and, and remember the, how, the importance of that. And, um, um, yeah, it's, uh, but it's so important. If you have not been exposed, yourself a favor. Don't expose yourself to these things. And, and, uh, you know what? It's, uh, it's, it's not for the temporary pleasures that some of these things of the world will give you. It's not worth carrying the lifelong baggage. And, uh, if you want to flip to Colossians 2, uh, 2 to 15 with me, please. Here's a little uh, something to, I wish you would carry with you um, as, uh, as you walk through life. You know, alive in Christ. If you are saved this morning, you know Jesus, you are alive in Christ. Congratulations. Um, so, therefore, you have, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him you... Uh, and sorry, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, uh, but putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all, 
us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He, this is important. This is the key verse. He disarms, armed the rulers and authorities and put them to shame by triumphing over them. You know, you're alive in Christ. Christ has done the work. Allow Christ to live through you. That's, that's so important. Is that we can, we can say, okay, Christ is in us, I'm saved. But we hold back on Him. We, we, you know, we make our own choices. And uh, this week's talk was actually supposed to be total surrender. And um, if we were still following the Believe uh, study, which we uh, are doing as a church, for those who don't know. Um, you want to protect yourself in all the ways that Andrew spoke of and the ways that I spoke on today. It's all built into total surrender. It's all. That's uh, give your life to Christ. He, If you believe in Him, He's in you. Don't hamper Him. Don't hold Him back. Let Him work in you. Um, I had, um, for the sake of time, as we're already past 12, um, I would like to ask everyone here to do me a favor and I think it will be very beneficial to everyone here. As I spoke on earlier, pray. See where God wants your life to go. And it doesn't necessarily mean about jobs and vocations here. I'm talking about what does He want of you in this life? You know, pray about it. Think about it. Formulate it. When you, uh, you, know, when you wake up, look at it and see. Because then every time those decisions, big and small, come up, you can look at it and say, I'm going to use the godly wisdom that I, hopefully everyone asks for. And you can say, okay, God, base every decision on based on where do you want me to go? If it's going to be bringing you away from where God wants you to be, make the wise choice. Go the other way. You know, make the appropriate choices. Uh, so, please do that. Like I'm, you know, it's, uh, I think it'll be uh, really good. We all we travel to places that we don't know. We all like to have GPSs or roadmaps. Why not have one for our lives? Um, I'm going to invite the praise band to come back up. And while they're coming up. I was asked to make an announcement that there is a, uh, a luncheon that everyone is invited to after the service. Please feel free to uh, to come and enjoy uh, some food and some fellowship. And let's pray. Dear Lord, there are so many things, uh, regrets in my life that... Uh, that I wish that you will spare others from who are listening to this message today and and even those who weren't able to make it today or who went home uh, already from the retreat. And Lord, I just pray that you'll work in everyone here, old, young, um, or infants in the nursery. Lord, work in all of us, Lord. Uh, I pray that you'll bring us wisdom like never before so that we can 
avoid sin problems so that we can be qualified people for your work and that no one will be able to bring anything against us and that we will be uh, great witnesses for you, Lord. Uh, fill, Fill us with your word. Fill us with passion for you so that we can go out and work in this community and all individually in all our individual ways that you've blessed us, Lord, and gifted us that we can be your servants and effective here. Amen.